Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. A quiz of ice and fire. Hello there, listeners. Thanks for joining us today for another Quiz of Ice and Fire. I'm Lady Guinevere, and today we're bringing you our 23rd trivia quiz. And as always, thanks to our generous patrons for their continued support, which unlock this bonus feature for everyone. And speaking of patrons, I want to mention that our patrons do gain access to exclusive content and perks such as early release and shoutouts. So head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Radio Westeros to find out how you can support the podcast. And hi, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm back here again. Um, for my first quiz for over a year, I think. So I'm really looking forward to it. And we're very happy to welcome back once again as a guest Tara, Queen Regent of Ice and Firecon, the fan convention dedicated to A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones, held annually in April and now in its eighth year. Hi, Tara. Hey, guys. My gosh, I honestly, like, I, I keep forgetting that it's eight years for us. Um, yeah, so uh, it's our eighth year. We've got some pretty big things planned. Uh, we were actually talking um, just before we started this about uh, we have a guest of honor this year. This is our first time ever having an actual guest of honor. Uh, you know, we've had the fandom favorites, including Radio Westeros, for quite a few years now. But uh, David G. Peterson, who created the languages for Game of Thrones, um, he, he's created a ton of fictional um, languages and and we're really really excited for him to be there he's going to host a couple panels uh, and he'll have a table in in the vendor room as well uh, if anybody has things they want to get signed or whatever I know he's got you know the, the, the Thraki like language guide and everything was put out so um, so I'm sure he'll have some some things at his table as well and we you know we've got the big things coming back again for for this year the tournament will be there again we are trying to put together a sort of pre-tournament activity for friday and i don't really want to say too much about it in case uh the big plans fall through but i think it's going to be really exciting um and and it does a little bit go along with like the dream of spring theme that we uh that we're doing for this year um, and actually, the, the one thing I, I can say that hasn't been officially announced yet is that we, I, I think if you were in the Facebook group, you might have seen something about it, but we are having a musical again this year. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to. It's completely different from the past two years, so it's not Westeros an American musical at all. But I'm 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 really excited about it, and I can't say I can't say anything detail wise. We're all under 
the harsh rule of a non-disclosure agreement about it again. But it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know we didn't we didn't have to really do that for for last year because you know we'd already put Westeros on in 2018. So for 2019, it's like, well, we can tell you it's this it's Westeros again, but bigger and better. Yeah, I can't say literally anything about this other than that there is going to be a musical. It's going to be shorter, about an hour hour and fifteen minutes long, maybe. I th- I think is what we're going for, and so we're pretty pretty excited about that yeah well so are we plenty to get excited about and i was there for my first uh, con last year and it was great but this year you know i'm going to be we're going to be doing a lot of panels together yeah so come come and meet us guys come and listen to what tara's saying come and meet us at ice and fire con yeah definitely it's a great time and uh we were talking also about uh, what before we started uh, about tickets. Uh, so I think we want to encourage everyone to get their tickets in February, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, tickets are ninety dollars, and of course, you guys have your five dollar off code. Um, and then the five dollar off code never goes away; it just becomes five dollars off. You know, the next ticket level tier uh but through february 29th so hey there's yeah, an extra right. day this year <laughs> um they're they're 90 dollars, but on march 1st they do go up to 120 so it's a pretty big price jump um you know th- this this year and and honestly we did that because we were trying to avoid having to have a big ticket price raise you know for our costs from the very start so like the earlier you get your tickets the better <laughs> yeah definitely well we'll be out there in the upcoming weeks reminding everyone on our social media to get your tickets <laughs> now so because we want to see lots of people there it's such a great time so 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 that's code radio if you're going to buy your tickets and you get five dollars off yeah okay that's right and we'll see you all there so now, if uh, you are keeping score, it's time for us to get going. Uh, get your pen and paper handy. And we have 15 questions today. The topic is characters. So get ready. See how many you can score. And remember that we love to hear your scores out there on social media. So let us know how you do. It's time to get started. And guests always go first. So we will... Turn it over to you, Tara, for question one. Which enigmatic character introduced as one of the three representatives from Karth who escort Daenerys wears a red lacquer mask and has a curious interest in the three dragons? Yes, the red lacquer mask wearing enigmatic character that shows up to take Danny to Karth. Can you remember who that is? Hmm. And on to question two. Which overweight guard at Winterfell remains at the castle when several of the Starks leave? He is unfortunately the first casualty suffered when the Ironborn attack Winterfell, and his death was foreseen by Jojen Reed. Okay. Can you remember the name of any of the guards at Winterfell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can, but honestly, this one this one would have stumped me, I think. Yeah, I feel maybe perhaps me as well. But uh, it's not one of the... But, you know, we like our challenges. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that one. Uh, this one, question three. Which character is said to stink so badly he was left with no choice but to sleep in a pigsty? Even drinking perfume didn't help. 
I don't know why it would, but <laughs> yes, he would try anything. With a taste for twisted cruelty and even necrophilia, this man goes by a memorable moniker instead of his probable birth name, which is Heek. What is his nickname? Oh, that was a, that was that one's a uh, <laughs> the drinking <laughs> perfume thing. I, I, I honestly forgot about that, and like. <laughs> ugh. I mean, I can't, I don't even like eating, you know, they have drinks and whatnot that are like floral. Yes. Uh, like if you go to the fancy bars and whatever, I can't even stand those. Mm, like, no, know. no, not a fan. So. Um, all right. Uh, question number four, which character is joint Castellan of Last Hearth up in the far north? This person once studied at the Citadel as his father thought he'd make a, ma- a good maester. But uh, while in Old Town, they are rumored to have killed a sex worker who might have been male. Yes. Can you remember this character who studied in Old Town but might have got away with a murder? And on to question five. Which concubine of Tregar Ormelin, who now resides in Lys, once allowed her favour to be worn by none other than Jorah Mormont before he won the tourney, crowning her Queen of Love and Beauty, and then he married her in Lannisport. Okay. Can you come up with that name uh, before we move on to question six, which has to do with the uh, Night's Watch? Which character becomes the master at arms at Castle Black midway through the books, only to be replaced by Leathers when our mystery person is given charge of the Long Barrow? This character is handy with a sword, helps many Night's Watch recruits train, including Jon Snow, and also shoves a certain block beneath the head of Jano Slint. Um, all right, uh, question number seven is, which member of Joffrey's Kingsguard was named to replace Preston Greenfield after he was killed in the Bread Riot? I sometimes forget that Preston Greenfield even existed, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> I got just reread. Uh, I've been rereading the books, and when I got to that part, I actually went, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. he he is not a memorable king." Definitely guard, forgot no. about this guy. <laughs> did he do anything other than die? <laughs> I don't think he really did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was number seven, where we we're looking for the. Rep- Placement of Preston Greenfield in the King's Guard. And on to question eight. Which Lady Tully, formerly a Hwent, is the mother of Catelyn, Edmure, and Liza? Uh, question nine. Back to the Night's Watch. Which Night's Watch rebel is a part of Chet's plan to kill Jor Mormont and was among the mutineers who killed the old bear at Craster's Keep? Cold Hands later seems to have killed this character as Summer finds his body out in the woods with his throat slit. We know the body was his because he's missing a hand. His punishment for thievery which is what got him sent to the wall. So what is this character's name? 
Okay, question number ten: Which wildling is distinctive due to the white mask they wear? The mask is made of weirwood, and when this person submits to John,、uh, they lower their mask to kiss his hand. Later, the Lord Commander gives this character charge of the abandoned Night's Watch castle at Queensgate.、Mm. Yeah, a rather obscure one—a wildling with a white weirdwood mask. Can you remember who this character is? And on to question eleven: Which brother and proctor of the Quiet Isle greets visitors, gives them a bit of a guided tour, describes the mysterious grave digger as a novice? And takes exception to Pod's plan of sleeping under the same roof as Brienne, saying, "On the Quiet Isle, men and women do not sleep beneath the same roof unless they are wed." Hmm. Well, we gave you half his name because it's his title, but here you go. You're going to have to come up with with his given name on your own. So, good luck with that. Question twelve. Ooh, we're flying all the way over to Essos for this one. Which Miranese nobleman wears his hair in the shape of horns and challenges Daenerys to send forth a champion to fight him when she wants to conquer Marine? This character is not short on confidence and encourages the city guards to piss in Danny's general direction. This <laughs> leads to the classic scene where. Strong Belwas decapitates the city champion, defecates at the Marinese, and then wipes his behind on our fallen champion's cloak. Yeah, and have fun,、uh, have fun with that Marinese、uh, name. <laughs> All right,、uh, in a feast for crows, which by the way is my favorite of the five published books, we learn of the Valencar prophecy, which dated back to Cersei's childhood. Cersei and two friends went to a witch, Maggie the Frog, to hear their futures, and Cersei has been haunted ever since. Her friend Melara Heatherspoon also heard her future, which turned out to be rather short and unfortunate. But there was a third girl with them who grew too afraid to listen to Maggie and fled the scene. Uh, Cersei later recalls that the girl still lives on Fair Isle with her husband and a dozen children. Lucky her. Yes.、Yeah, so who was this third, rather cowardly but perhaps rather sensible child who、uh, fled the scene and got away from Maggie the Frog, who was very croaky, having just woken up? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us who it is? And now on to question number fourteen. Which exiled prince of Red Flower Vale resides in the Red Keep, as he hopes to convince King Robert to invade his native Summer Isles and restore his power. Unfortunately, Robert dies before he can aid the Summer Islander, and by the end of Dance, he is captured under the supervision of Kyburn, relating to the false Marjorie Tyrell charges. Okay, so now that brings us to our final question, which has to do with a knight who is a captain in service to House Tarly. He was part of a wager to try and take Brienne of Tarth's maidenhead, giving her an illuminated book, among other things, in his efforts to、uh, win her over. Lately, though, he's been trying to make amends, and he helps Brienne on her quest until he's captured. 
and hanged alongside Podrick Payne before Brienne apparently says a word that may or may not have saved him right at the end of Feast. Who is this knight? <laughs> and that's it. That was our 15th question. So uh, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be back with our answers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And we're back, and now it is back over to Dara for answer number one. All right, so which character uh, who is introduced as one of the three representatives from Karth who escort Daenerys, wears a red lacquer mask, and has a curious interest in Daenerys' dragons? And that is Quaith. Yes, Quaith. The right word is definitely enigmatic. I've got a quote from uh, Clash of Kings. The woman in the lacquered wooden mask said in the common tongue of the Seven Kingdoms, I am Quaith of the Shadow. We come seeking dragons. Seek no more, Daenerys Targaryen told them. You have found them. So Quaith, a very interesting character, full of mystery and people love to chat about her. Um, hope you got that one. Love those prophecies. <laughs> or make theories about her. Yeah, there's there's that too. Lots of clay theories out there. And on to question two. This was the one about the overweight guard at Winterfell who stays at the castle when the, some of the Starks leave and is the first casualty suffered when the Ironborn attack Winterfell, foreseen by Green Dreamer Jojen Reed. And the answer is ale belly. So you can see where the overweight charge came from. Yeah, a little bit of a hint. Uh, who, what his name, or I, I presume that is his nickname. It's probably not the name his mother gave him. <laughs> but uh, we have we have actually a couple of quotes uh, about ale belly. Um, Jojen in the Clash of Kings. Uh, tells Bran, I dreamed the sea was lapping all around Winterfell. I saw black waves crashing against the gates and towers, and then the salt water came flowing over the walls and filled the castle. Drowned men were floating in the yard. When I first dreamed the dream back at Greywater, I didn't know their faces, but now I do. That ale belly is one, the guard who called our names at the feast. Your Septon's another, your Smith as well. So here we go. Uh, Jojen just uh, letting Bran know that the Ironborn are going to come take Winterfell, but they don't really understand the full, uh, the full impact. Of and there's that. nothing Aelbelly could do to stop them. He certainly could not. 
Um, I think they surprised him. So there we go. Okay, question three was um, about a character who stank so badly um, he was left with no choice but sleeping in the pigsty. Apparently he tried drinking perfume and that didn't work. Um, he may have been named Heek, which is interesting. I actually didn't know that until we were writing this quiz. So uh, that makes sense when you find out what his nickname is. His nickname is Reek. So Heek Heek, it rhymes with Reek. So there you go. Yeah, the, it, it's very, <laughs> the, the rhyming thing, you know, especially as it continues to come up, uh, I guess maybe that's why Theon was never really the true Reek, because, or, you know, his name doesn't actually rhyme with it. Um, and, and also there's, there's some pretty creepy quotes about uh, Reek, one being um, from Lady Hornwood, who uh, suffers very badly at his hands. Uh, she says the boy Ramsay is a sly creature by all accounts, and he has a servant who is almost as cruel as he is. Reek, they call the man. It's said he never bathes. They hunt together the bastard and this Reek, and not for deer. I've heard tales, things I can scarce believe, even of a Bolton. And now that my lord husband and my sweet son have gone to the gods, the bastard looks at my lands hungrily. And, uh, of course, like, in the end, it turns out that Ramsey is Reek as we know him, so... Yeah, there's <laughs> plenty, plenty of people being Reek in this story. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and with Ramsey, it's like, how, how, how did he get himself that smelly that quickly? Mm. You know, like, he, 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 like, really went out of his way to play yeah, this he part. He, he's a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> really, really embraced it. Uh. Uh, all right. Uh, question number four, uh, which is also about a northern character, is which character is joint castellan of Last Hearth? They studied at the Citadel, um, but was purportedly involved in the death of a sex worker who might have been male. And this character is Hother Umber. Yeah, Hother Umber. And is a quote from a a Jon Snow chapter in Dance, odd as it might seem. Old Horfrost Umber had once believed his youngest son had the makings of a maester. Moors loved to boast about the crow who took his eye, but Hotha's tale was only told in whispers. And then we find out that it seems likely that Hotha disemboweled a sex worker with the suggestion that the sex worker was male. So, a bit of a twist in his backstory there. And on to question number five. This was about the concubine of Tregar Ormelin, who resides in Lys, but once was married to Jorah after allowing her favour to be worn by him at a tourney where he rose to the occasion and won and crowned her Queen of Love and Beauty. And the name we're looking for is Linus Hightower. Uh, that's right, Linus Hightower of the mysterious Hightower family. Um, married Jor Mormont, then after moving to Bear Island, became completely miserable, basically ruined him, and then abandoned him to his fate as a sellsword in Essos. So, poor Jorah. 
or I mean, yeah, I I can't completely fault her either. So I mean, poor both of them for rushing into that marriage, you know. <laughs> and poor Daenerys for happening to look like Lyness. Because that yeah. drives that obsession as yeah. well. Yeah, it's just a just a really unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's go to question six, which had to do with who became the master at arms at Castle Black midway through the books, only to be replaced by Leathers. When Jon Snow sent this person uh, over to the Long Barrow. Uh, and the person that we're asking about is also the person who shoved a block beneath the head of Jaina Slint, and that is Iron Emmett. Uh, yeah, and as I mentioned, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I thought that Ed was the one that put the block down, but apparently that's not what he did. However, he was involved. Um, the quote from Slint's beheading is by the time a suitable chopping block was found lord janos had retreated into the winch cage but iron emmett went in after him and dragged him out no slint cried as emmett half shoved and half pulled him across the yard unhand me you cannot when tywin lannister hears of this you will all rue emmett kicked his legs out from under him dolores had planted a foot on his back to keep him on his knees as emmett shoved the block beneath his head uh, all right, question number seven was about the member of Joffrey's Kingsguard who was named to replace Preston Greenfield after Greenfield was killed in the Bread Riot. And that character is Balin Swan. Yes, Balin Swan. Perhaps not the worst Kingsguard ever because there's some bad ones. Here's a quote from uh, Clash of Kings. He approved of his sister's choice of... Sir Balon Swan, this is Tyrion, by the way, to take the place of the slain Preston Greenfield. The Swans were marcher lords, proud, powerful and cautious. Pleading illness, Lord Julian Swan had remained in his castle, taking no part in the war, but his eldest son had ridden with Renly and now Stannis, while Balon, the younger, served at King's Landing. If he'd had a third son, Tyrion suspected he'd be off with Rob Stark. That's the swans sitting on both sides of the fence. I mean, sensible. It's kind of almost fray of them. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was, I was thinking. The phrase, the, uh, I guess, mainly, mainly the phrase. <laughs> Trying to sit on every single side of the fence at once. <laughs> ah. Interesting way to play the game. And on to question number eight. Which Lady Tully, formerly a Wendt, is the mother of Catelyn, Edmure and Liza? Um, How many of you got this? The answer is Minisa Tully stroke Wendt. Uh, Yep, that's right. Uh, We learn in A Clash of Kings that uh, Lady Menisa Tully had died in childbed trying to give Lord Hoster a second son. Uh, The babe perished with her. And afterward, Kat thinks some of the life had gone out of her father. She was always so calm, Catelyn thought, remembering her mother's soft hands and her warm smile. Oh, that's so sad. And she all, Kat goes on to think about how she kind of had to take her mother's place um as like the lady of the house after she died so family duty honor being a good tully there 
Uh, right, so hopefully you remembered Cat's mother's first name. Question nine. Uh, which Night's Watch rebel is part of Chet's plan to kill Jor Mormont and was among the mutineers who ended up killing the old bear at Craster's Keep? He later seems to end up being killed in turn by the mysterious cold hands. Uh, we know this because uh, Bran, through Summer's eyes, sees his body out in the snow with only one hand. So this this man had a hand missing. What was his name? It was Olo Lophand. Yeah, um, and honestly, when, when Bran, as, you know, warged into Summer, finds him, uh, it's it's very graphic. Uh, you know, he, he sniffs, you know, the men and gets to the biggest one, which is Alo, and he's, you know, again, they mentioned that he has a missing hand severed at the wrist. It's bound up in leather. Um, and he's got a slash across his throat. And this is Bran, you know, in summer at this point, you know, and, and it says the wolf lapped at the blood with his tongue, licked the ragged eyeless ruin of his nose and cheeks, then buried his muzzle in his neck and tore it open, gulping down a gobbet of sweet meat. No flesh had ever tasted half as good. Wow. So I guess at least Allah Lafayette was tasty. <laughs> yeah, in the end. Yeah. Brings, brings, a, brings a whole new meaning to sweet meat. <laughs> yeah, right. Sweet meats and every other part of A Song of Ice and Fire <laughs> means something completely different. <laughs> um, and question number 10 was, which wildling is distinctive due to the white mask? that they wear it's made of weirwood and when this wildling who is actually a female submits to john she lowers her mask and kisses his hand and later the lord commander gives her charge of the night's watch castle queen's gate and her name is morna white mask yeah morna white mask quite an obscure one i think that i would have struggled with that but you know i looked it up to make the question <laughs> so i got it and here's a quote from a dance with dragons from a john pov the warrior witch mourner removed her weirdwood mask just long enough to kiss his gloved hand and swear to be his man or his woman whichever he preferred so okay. that's when the wildlings are coming through obviously and on to question number 11 which was about the brother and proctor of the Quiet Isle, who greets visitors, gives them a tour, and isn't too impressed with Pod's plan to sleep under the same roof as Brienne. And the answer is Brother Narbert. Brother Narbert, if you got this, please tell me. <laughs> the, the name, I, I, I honestly don't didn't remember him having a name I, like I, I didn't remember his his I, like I know Maribald does and every and everything but yeah I didn't remember a Narbert yeah I definitely did not remember other people with names on the quiet aisle because you know you have the elder brother and I just I don't know uh this was a revelation to me in spite of having read this many, many times. So. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, I've lost count how many times I've read these books. It's like upwards of a dozen, but like, 
I, I think I might be due for a reread because more of these are stumping me than I'd like to admit. It's, it's, been, right. it's been, I think, two years since I did one. Well, if you start right now, you might just about be get through them before yeah. ice and fire but honestly i i i <laughs> I, I needed to put down I've, I've been reading brandon sanderson and i needed to put it down for a while but mm. yeah something familiar might not be a bad idea <laughs> yeah there you go well hopefully by then i'll have finished my reread i've been working on it for a while so we will see uh and now let us move to question 12 which brought us over to essos specifically marine we were looking for the name of the nobleman who challenges Daenerys to send forth a champion to fight him uh, when she's outside of the city walls of Marine. Uh, he comes and he encourages the uh, city guards to piss in Danny's direction. Um, his brief fight with Strong Belwes ends with. Um, him being decapitated and Belwas defecating in the general direction of the Marinese. So, uh, who is this person? Osnak Zopal. Uh, so, I figure some of you who are be- very good with uh, Marinese names may have gotten this, right? I don't know anybody who's truly good with Miranese names, but kudos they exist. to anybody they, who they did. They exist. They're out there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I just have yet to either yet to meet them or yet to learn that bit of trivia about any one of my friends. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, this is another one where I... I I, I remember the the shape of horns. I remember the, the fight with him and Strong Belwas, but to remember his name not so much um the story of osnak and belwas ends with osnak leaping clear of his horse and managing to draw his sword before strong belwas was on him steel sang against steel too fast and furious for danny to follow the blows it could not have been a dozen heartbeats before belwas's chest was awash in blood from a slice below his breast and osnak zopal had an arak planted right between his ram's horns the eunuch wrenched the blade loose and parted the hero's head from his body with three savage blows to the neck. Ouch. He held it up high for the Miranese to see, then flung it toward the city gate and let it bounce and roll across the sand. So much for the hero of Marine, said Dario, laughing. Very short-lived, that hero. (laughs) Short-lived heroics, but it figures that Dario has to be there laughing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and his cape ends up getting wiped on strong bell butt so not much of a hero ultimately all right question number 13 was about the valencar prophecy uh, from cersei's childhood when her and two friends went to see maggie the frog and hear their futures uh of course we know that malara heatherspoon uh, has not much of a future <laughs> and Cersei kind of goes half mad eventually um, going over and over the prophecy in her head but there was a third girl and uh, she did not listen she ran off <laughs> and uh, Cersei at one point thinks about how this girl lives on Fair Isle with her husband and a dozen children I'm not sure to me that would be the best future but I know in Westeros that's a very good one she's She's still married and has a dozen kids with her husband, you know, um, a lot of heirs, all that fun stuff. Yeah. 
Just living the dream. <laughs> yeah, li- living <laughs> living that Westerosi dream at least. Uh, but her name was Jane Farman. Yeah, Jane Farman. As I said, you know, you can debate whether she was cowardly or very wise in that moment, but she does run away, and I guess uh, maybe Cersei envies that she's got no end of children because Cersei's kind of preoccupied by the idea that she's going to lose all of hers. And here's a quote from A Feast for Crows. When Maggie the frog opened her eyes, Jane Farman gave a frightened squeak and fled the tent, plunging headlong back into the night. Plump, stupid, timid little Jane, pasty-faced and fat and scared of every shadow. She was the wise one, though. Jane lived on Fair Isle still. She had married one of her brother's bannermen and whelped a dozen children. Gotta give Cersei credit for uh, realizing that she was the smart one in that situation. Yeah. I don't give Cersei credit often, so... It's just a surprise when she comes up with something logical, isn't it? (laughs) And on to the penultimate question, number 14. This was the one about the exiled prince of Red Flower Vale, who seems to permanently reside in the Red Keep, wants to go to war with King Robert, but to to get his native Summer Islands back and restore his power, but it's just not happening, is it? And this character is called Jalabar Zoe. Uh, that's right. Uh, Cersei, back to her, uh, thinks about this character, that he's always begging for gold and swords to win his homeland back. Uh, beneath his jewels and feathers, it says, Zoe was little more than a well-born beggar. Robert could have put an end to his importuning for good with one firm no, but the notion of conquering the Summer Isles had appealed to her drunken lout of a husband. No doubt he dreamt of brown-skinned wenches naked beneath feathered cloaks. Okay, so of course he did. This is right up Robert's alley. (laughs) Uh, Remember his famous speech to Ned about how everything in the South was just, you know, flowers and sunshine and happiness and naked girls and wine. Well, the Summer Isles is probably just the perfect place for him. So uh, he kept Jalabar Zoe around just in case someday he decided to take off and become the sellsword king. So it's not happening for him, though, because uh, at the end of Dance with Dragons, he's uh, in Kyburn's custody. So God only knows what's ever going to happen for Jalabar. Not nice things. <laughs> Probably not. All right. Here we go with our final question or final answer, uh, which had to do with the knight who was in service to House Tarly and was part of that wager to try and take Brand of Tarth's maidenhead. Uh, towards the end of Feast, though, he's trying to make amends and he helps her out on her quest he actually joins Brienne traveling around the Riverlands uh, until he himself is captured along with Brienne and Podrick. And he's hanged before Brienne apparently speaks a word offering her sword to uh, the Lady Stoneheart BWB gang. This person, of course, is Heil Hunt. 
So Heil informs Brian that uh, his lordship, uh, that being Tarly, informed me that he had no further need of my sword or my insolence. It amounts to the same thing. Henceforth, I shall enjoy the adventuresome life of a hedge knight. Though if we do find Sansa Stark, I imagine we will be well rewarded. Yeah, you gotta like him. Uh, if nothing else, he's he's quite honest. You know, he's he's kind of upfront about what motivates him. Uh, he's he's pretty good natured. Uh, he's just spends his days trying to win Brienne over with his chirpy <laughs> insolence. I guess let's go with that. That's what uh, Randall Tarley accused him of. But uh, you know, there's something kind of endearing to that, I guess. So Heil Hunt was our final answer. So, guys, how did you do? Uh, let us know. We're back to 15 questions here. So uh, hopefully some of you um, did really well. We had some challenging ones, but a lot of, you know, middle of the road, couple softballs. So let us know how you did uh, wherever you touch base with us. And that concludes the quiz. Uh, I want to say thank you tara so much for joining us yeah yeah of course always enjoy talking to you guys and really excited to see you at ice and fire con again this year it's it's gonna be a good time so yeah it definitely is so you know and i think now we're we're in the like solid uh three months away window yeah uh actually the 23rd of january uh this Three month mark so yeah we were like right there well i didn't need to be reminded of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now we will let you go hurry up and <laughs> do all the many things i'm sure you need to do because it is a big operation we definitely appreciate you for all you do uh to make what is assuredly a highlight of the year for many of us. So, Gosh, I hope so. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for being here and uh, thank you for Ice and Farcon. So, yeah, thanks you. so much, Tara. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys and uh, can't wait to see how people do on the quiz as well. Yeah, well, people will let us know, I'm sure. Let us know, social media, Twitter, Patreon, whatever. Flush us your scores so we can see how you're doing. And that's it. So, thanks guys for joining us we will be back soon with another regular episode of radio westeros and bye for now <laughs>